Snap No Tab podcast, and I'm Tony Cicchini with Joe Cardinal. And hey, we just had Thanksgiving for all of our American uh, followers. Uh, I hope everybody had a a great Thanksgiving. Joe, how was yours? Pretty good. I went to my sister's place. Uh, my kids were over there. My nephew. So it was a really good get together. I only had to do mashed potatoes, so I got off easy as far as cooking. How about you, Tony? I just stayed home so i didn't have to do i mean was i was here by myself so that's that's all good cool so well we got a few things to plug before we get to our guest um, yes we got uh, some seminars coming up right december saturday december the 17th at bender marsh arts and fitness 1 30 p.m and then that same sunday the 18th at uh, dupage krav maga uh, so kind of continuing our regular monthly cycle. At so, 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. at Krav Maga. So that's earlier. Yes, pointing that out. Um, we've also, Tony, you've got a sale going on. That's correct, right, still? Until December 1st, yeah. So Joe will put, you know, on my downloads, Joe will put, it's like 25% off, I believe, if I remember correctly. I, I put it up last week. So Joe will put the little blurb in the body of this. But for those of you who are listening, it's, Black with a capital B, B-L-A-C-K, 2022. Put that coupon code in and you can get uh, the videos instantly downloaded and save 25%. Which is a great deal. And if for some reason you can't take advantage of that, at a minimum, we ask you to join our membership site. We got two levels. We got just kind of the thank you level at $5 a month. If you enjoy this podcast and are a regular listener, uh, I'd really encourage you to join and, uh, you know, pitch in uh, for, to show your thanks. And we have an additional like a $10 level uh, where uh, additional instructional uh, footage that is not put up on YouTube or released for sale is uh, given to you on a monthly basis as well. So two very affordable ways uh, to show your thanks and help support the coach. Uh, without further ado, let's get to our guest. Go ahead and do the introductions, Joe. It's... Well, he's your good friend. I'm actually just meeting him for the first time, so I'm very oh. excited about this podcast. This is Marcus Charles. Marcus, hello. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Tony, good to see I... you again after all these years. Long Thank time, you. Marcus. Yeah, you still in Chicago? I'm still here. Yep, I'm still uh, still in Chicago, right by Midway Airport. South side, okay. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I've, yeah I've known Marcus for a long time. Well... How long? Close to 20 years, maybe? I think we met 2006, I think. Yeah, so 16, yeah, going on 17 years, yeah. Yeah, Close enough, yeah, for sure. Yep, I remember I met you at uh, Triton College. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that would have been 
right around that time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, uh, oh, yeah. I, it's hard for me to keep track because the years are just flying by. But I remember, mm-hmm. I think 2003 is when I started at Triton, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, we, um, I met you through Augie. And then, yeah. um, um, then we uh, were doing some training at, the, at Triton. Then you ended up getting the gym above uh yeah, Bensonville. Well tell yeah. Augie I said hi. How's he doing? Um he's kinda MIA right now. So oh, um okay. I'm trying to get a hold of him for sure. I was trying to get a hold of him before this, but uh you know life happens with people. So Oh with everybody, yeah. It's it it's just happens. astonishing how but mm-hmm. hey Joe's got a ton of questions for you, Marcus, and cool. kind of give him a little introduction here, Joe. I mean Marcus is well Marcus can well, just go for it, Joe. You're the good one with the questions. <laughs> well, I just basically asked, start from the beginning. You know, I'm just getting to know you here. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, did you always live in Chicago? Did you grow up there? Uh, what, you were you involved in sports? And then when did you eventually get involved in martial arts? Um, yeah, I grew up here in Chicago. I was born and raised here. And um, I really wasn't into sports too much growing up. Uh, I Grammar school, I was kind of a short, pudgy little kid. And then I think I was about 16 or so. Uh, maybe uh, eighth grade, I should say. So right around eighth grade, I remember my we were running around the grammar school or junior high, and uh, my gym teacher is like, you know, boy, are you out of shape for a young kid, you know, <laughs> you know. And I, you know, back then teachers could talk like that to kids, and um, I remember talking to my neighbor, going home to him, and he was a World War II veteran, and he was always doing something to stay in shape, and he used to talk about running and he'd say you know he liked to drink and so he'd be like you know i got people over here starting to get a little gassed up i'm using his words he goes you know i better go run around the neighborhood a little bit to sober up (laughs) (laughs) so you know when i started hearing these stories and then uh, when i got into high school i played a little football but really wasn't my thing but i really started getting into lifting wasn't a uh, bodybuilder necessarily but i like lifting uh lifting weights being strong so to speak um and i was the typical what you hear every day now you see somebody had a muscle and fitness magazine and they seen an article about arnold schwarzenegger talking about bruce lee you know everybody seems to use that and it's very corny now but i actually am one of those guys that it actually happened to and that's why i got involved in uh, martial arts so and first... That's interesting. That's that's backwards from a lot of, well, I guess it's maybe not for a lot of people. Maybe it is. I always tend to think that a lot of times people get started in martial arts and then look to improve their strength and get involved in weight training. But you, you found it actually the reverse. Well, when I started, martial artists really didn't lift weights. It wasn't a thing. Even boxers weren't uh, lifting weights, so to speak, like they were now. It was, I, I don't know, Tony, you can maybe collaborate on this when they were said, you know, lifting weights made you stiff and, and bulky, you know, you muscle kind of, bound. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. And um, now obviously that's, that's all uh, a misnomer, but um, that's kind of like where the things kind of transitioned. I came in at the tail end of um, the, the time frame where gyms were separate from each other. You know, you didn't co-train with somebody else. Um, I remember going to uh, Windy City Boxing uh, when it was still on Ogden Street, and I think it was in 90 or 89, I remember. And that was like a, a nice uh, change because you seeing, you know, Bruce Lee used to talk about boxing. And then later on, when I met Cecil Hartzell, and then when I met Tony, 
um, boxing became like a big part of my foundation of the arts, but that wasn't until much later. But I can remember when Mike Weaver won the heavyweight title and he was called the Black Hercules because he looked like a bodybuilder and he was like, uh, uh, well, I named even before him, Ken Norton was, was always yeah. pretty muscular. Zora Foley before that, but yeah, the, I mean, I think Ken Norton lifted weights, but I don't think Zora Foley did, or no, am I thinking of Eddie Macon, probably one of them, I forget, but for sure, Mike Weaver, he had to lift weights, I mean, the guy was, yeah, but yeah you know, you just didn't seem to do that, you know, like, none of my boxing coaches, uh, I mean, I don't even really think we talked about it too much, it just wasn't promoted, you know what I mean? Right, right. There was just a different, you know, you, you got strong for their thing was getting strong by hitting the heavy bag. Yeah, yeah, calisthenics. Yeah, right. You know, but, you know. It does, uh, does get you strong, but I think lifting does have a, a, a good, it's a good part of, it's it's a must do nowadays, I think. Oh, it, it, this is the thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the past, but we've, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've grown in, in every field. We've surpassed the past, so you got to go with the times, man. Uh, but you know, Rodvan, my wrestling coach, he was uh, he lifted. You know, he was a weightlifter. Now, not a you know, yeah. not a power, you know, not a bodybuilder, and certainly a strong man. You know, so I had the strength from him. Okay, that he was my uh, inspiration again for being strong. But yeah, you're right. So many sports didn't didn't lift. Uh, I remember baseball players. Now they all look like they're all jacked, you know. Yeah. Back then, they weren't. I mean, there used to be a joke back when I was a kid amongst people, you know, people who played sports. And it was like, are you an athlete? No, I'm a baseball player. Okay. That's yeah, right. what they used to say. Yeah. But now these baseball players are phenomenal. They're just in terrific condition, man. Yeah, and I, I think that, like you said, you know, the past is great. It's good for tradition, but, you know, you got to move forward. Yeah. You got to keep um, – and that's what I think that's what's nice about a lot of the different coaches I've had over the years where it's just like there's always, you're always looking for something at the end of the – you know, to be before the pike, so to speak, where you're, you want to be the forerunner or something. And I think that's what Bruce Lee was kind of doing because he was lifting weights back then. He was – you know, I, I met his uh, – um, this guy's the first, and I, I can't think of his name right now, but he was the first guy in California to have like a supplement shop, a vitamin shop. Um, not like oh, Vince Geronda? No, that's not him. Um, okay. According to what I was told, he was. He's a very older gentleman now, um, but he was Bruce Lee's nutritionist. Oh. And I remember he was talking about back then, you know, the stuff that uh, that's coming out now was stuff that Bruce Lee was already, you know, doing, you know, uh, different types of supplements. Now, I don't know how the supplements were back then, quality-wise. Now it seems like they're they're just as good as your prescription drugs. But, <laughs> um, but you know, um, nowadays everybody's taking supplements. You know, the big thing now is uh, collagen, collagen peptides. They got that vital proteins up there by us in Franklin Park. You know, uh, it's a big thing. I don't know how the quality of that as far as, if that really works or it just goes right through you. But, you know, it's a good, um, it's a good forefront to help keeping your joints healthy. And um, so I, and I think preventative injuries is something that as we get older, we, um, I don't think that was ever talked about when I first started training, 
you know, back, you know, like neck bridges and stuff like that. I mean, that's just, that plays havoc on your, on your cervical. Yeah. And I don't even know if they even do that anymore. Um, but, you know, all these different, a lot of drills that have been kind of pushed aside because they're just not healthy to do. And the longevity of the athlete, I think, is something they're trying to prolong. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now since I had the, I had bicep surgery back in last January. Um, and so um, trying to get myself back into the swing of things. But anyways, we kind of well, went off on a tangent there, Joe. Sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, but, but that, see, that's the one thing about wrestling, you know, I'll just, or at least in America, the old timers, like early 1900s, they all, all almost every one of them was weightlifters, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you go back to, I mean, even though it was fake wrestling, you know, Hackenschmidt and uh, um, Zabisco and on and on, you know, there was, there was a strong emphasis back then uh, for lifting and Milo Steinborn, who was, called the father of America, you know, squats in America. He was, became a pro wrestler. And I know Lou lifted weights, Luthez, uh, you know, so wrestlers, because they were more, they wanted to develop that strength. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think the way they lifted was, you know, kind of primitive compared to today, but at least they were lifting, you know. Um, right, right, right. But yeah, you're right. Boxers, uh, some other sports, uh, you know, um, the, I, I can't think right now. But you know, I know baseball players were really weren't lifting in it, until later. But yeah, um, basketball players, I'm sure weren't. They no, they, no, they no. Um, football but, players maybe because um, they had well that, that thrust that that initial. Yes, yeah, football players. You know, there was a lot of lot of drug abuse. You know, steroids, especially right, right. performance enhancing drugs in the seventies, uh, you know, cranked out, uh, you know, uh, I have my theories on it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I blew out my right arm. I never got it surgically attached, but you know, oh, that really? sucks. Oh yeah. It's shot, but I'm, I'm sorry. Well, at least you got the surgery. That's good. Well, it was, I got lucky. It, it, it was just, it all had to get sewn. I'm not, there's no hardware in me, which is, yeah. he was able to, it was only partially torn. So, oh no, mine rolled up both forearm and bicep, but whatever. Oh really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. But you know what? The thing is though about exercise, you know, um, we have today great reconstructive surgery, you know, uh injuries that ended careers twenty, thirty years ago. Now just right. you're out maybe six to eight weeks. You know, in yeah. some instances. Yeah, and it's kind of because the guy, my my doctor, Doctor Terry, he's the um, he's the doctor for uh, the Northwestern football team and um, the Blackhawks. So I was lucky enough to get to, with this guy, and when I'm telling him all this stuff, I thought I'd never be able to do anything again. And after six months, I'm pretty much back. I mean, I got a, a crease, you know, in the bicep, which I'm not too happy about, but whatever. I mean, I could do everything. I could lift. I'm hitting a heavy bag. I'm sparring again. I'm doing everything, you know. So there's no, you know, I did all the rehab I was supposed to do, and um, it was an accident. It wasn't something like it just tore through repetitive trauma. It was an accident at my old job. So, but it is what it is, you know. It just, I think what martial arts has kind of taught me, and and I think like a lot of people have a different, it's a weird thing. Back then, martial artists were not in the same ballpark or considered the same ballpark as let's say a boxer or a wrestler 
but boxing's martial arts, wrestling's martial arts. It's just that for some reason it's, it became more of the movies. I think you and me talked about this one time, Tony, where, you know, the movies kind of turned it into some sort of mystical Star Wars Yoda type of thing, whereas boxing never took that, you know, because um, boxing is boxing and wrestling is wrestling. They're American sports, and it's, it's about the fighting. It's about the competition. Um, and I think now it's all kind of blended together where uh, I think Muay Thai has kind of helped with that because they box and uh, they have a spiritual side to them um, and they have a, like a system, so to speak. There's really no like boxing system, I don't think. I've never heard of one. I've had different boxing coaches. Everybody's got their own way of doing things, but nobody's got like a, a ranking system or anything like that. Your rank is going in your fight. So maybe that's why. I don't know. It's the way it should be, in my opinion. But yeah. Who, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right, right. But yeah, you know, talk about the movies. <clears throat> you know, the thing is that uh, what I can remember as a kid, most boxing movies, well, up maybe until Rocky, but even Rocky, yeah, the boxers were almost always, to my memory, memory, uh, basically losers. All right, like they're they're bums, or they they die in the ring, or. It's always like a negative connotation, you know, mm -hmm. corruption, so on. Whereas the martial art movies, I didn't see it many. I only saw the Asian ones on, on Kung Fu Theater on weekends. Yeah, yeah. But they're the heroes, okay? Yeah. They're heroic. They're one guy beating up the whole 30 people. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember any heroic boxing movies. I, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't any, right, or weren't. Right. I can't remember watching any growing up because – all the boxing movies that I watched, it was, you know, it was pretty much tragic, okay? Yeah. Um, from Golden Boy to Champion to, you know, uh, Rocky and all of this, um, you know, Rocky was a down-on-your-luck kind of guy, you know? Uh, I, think so, yeah. I think, like you said, it, the turn came with Rocky, with the Rocky series. But even there, up until uh, he came out with Balboa, Rocky Five. He went right back to where he started. Yeah. He lost all his money, so it's kind of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah. I'm yeah, really and it, yeah, it's depressing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember really seeing any wrestling movies. I, I mean, I, I don't remember until years later, like Vision Quest, you know, which was a high yeah. school thing. But um, yeah. but yeah, you had the martial art thing going. Those martial art movies. Uh, and, uh, you know, I told the guys on here once before, I never saw a Bruce Lee movie in my life until I was like a senior in high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. when, when I was able to get a VCR, machine, you know, Betamax yeah. and rent a movie. I never saw Bruce. I never got to go to movies. It was rare. Yeah. But, you know, so Bruce was, oh, I watched the Kung Fu TV show, you know, uh, mm -hmm. with David Carradine. So, um, and that was you know, big thing to watch. But, well, uh, yeah, those were cool too. But again, yeah. there's the guy who just comes in, even though he's he comes to the states and he's, you know, he's running from the the law in China. But at the same time, he's saving everybody in the West and, yeah. and all of that. You know, but I mean, there's always that there was always that mystique that was like put into being a quote unquote martial artist, where that yeah. was never attached to you know like boxing <laughs> wrestling, and uh, now it's all kind of blending together where there's it's. You know, even boxers and wrestlers that I've talked to, a lot of them are doing, they may not call it spiritual training, but they're doing something, you know, the, the big thing now is mindfulness through Buddhism, you know, and it's not even anything spiritual. It's just kind of like that NPR stuff that we were talking about years ago. I think you had told me about that, right, Tony? NPR? 
I remember right. Oh, you mean uh, is it neurolinguistic programming? NLP? Yeah, NRP. And, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, I, I think now everybody's starting to realize the the mind body connection, and I think there's scientific basis to that. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're you know turning into a Jedi. It just means that you know you're starting to realize your brain and your body need to work together, and what you put into your head mentally and what you say that comes out affects you physically. You know, stress is a big deal. And I think that it's all kind of blending together. And I think the Asian arts have kind of helped bring that to fruition here into the States. Um, as far as physical proudness goes, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. As far as fighting hands go, I don't think there's any art that's out there that's better than boxing. Boxers got the best hands out there. So yeah. um, in my opinion, um, you know, not to take anything away from everybody else, but the other arts that have box that do have really good hands, their undercurrent is boxing. <laughs> so, well, you know. yeah, and there's so much more to the boxing too with the head movement. Well, you know, we don't want to get into you know it. I mean. Yes, there saying. is a there is a mind mind body connection because when I see Elizabeth Hurley, I don't mind looking at her body. So <laughs> there's a mind body connection, man. Uh, but you're right. You're right. Uh, um, some people are like, you can be in tune. You you know, I'm in tune with my body, like pretty, like I'm, I'm on it. You know, like mm-hmm. when I know I can feel like if I don't feel, let's say I feel like 90% today, I know that oh, tomorrow I'm going to feel worse or I know, well, tomorrow I think I'll feel better. I can tell now mm-hmm. after so many years of, you know, of it. I, I kind of know where I'm going with, with my body. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if I was like that when I was 18 or 21, probably not because you know, you're invincible when you're that age. Right. Um, I don't want to say that I had the, see, I was never a martial artist. I mean, in that sense, the Asian martial arts, I never learned, you know, I didn't really, I was shown things, but never in a school. So all of my, if you want to call it spirituality or, whatever came from church, you know, from the Catholic church. And then later I got into um, the metaphysics. Uh, I, I got into that on my own, like, mm-hmm. and I don't remember why, but I really got into the metaphysics there for a long time. Um, and I know like when I moved to Chicago, I was 23. I was already, uh, I was really already into this power of the mind and yeah. uh, all the metaphysics by that early age. That I know for a fact. Yeah. So it probably started when I was 21 with the metaphysics, I think, because of the music. Right, right. I, I just think it's a, I think that the, 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 the separation that was there from the, the different styles, so to speak, um, are starting to really, everybody's looking at um, different arts or whatever word you want to use, you want to attach to them. And they're trying, and they're finding stuff that they like, or they're finding things that are similar. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, see, for Francis Fong, the Wing Chun guy from down south, he's uh, one of my coaches, and he actually is. Um, he coached boxing uh, years ago. He was yeah. a boxing coach, and he implemented a lot of the, you know, the the head movement, but a lot of the streamlined stuff that Wing Chun has. You know, short distance between two points is a straight line keeping your center close and he's implemented, he implemented that in his boxing. He's one of the few uh, Wing Chun guys I've heard, like say Greg Nelson say, who's the real deal. You know, Greg Nelson trains fighters. He, you know, he's, he's, he's the real deal himself. And, and Sifu Fong is 
one of the guys that he talks about that is the real deal. And he's considered a wing and Asian martial artist. So that's kind of interesting. Well, you know, not that there's anything I, wrong, by the no, way, no, somebody I, being traditional and doing it the way it was done back in the day, because, hey, if they have to float your boat, that's cool. You know what I mean? Some people like to stay in shape playing tennis. That's cool. I don't like tennis. I'm not going to do yeah. it. You know, I don't like playing golf either. But Oh, you know. I don't. But, well, <laughs> but I mean, if that keeps you in shape, God bless you, you know. You see, one of the things that Rob Vaughn, I, I wouldn't say this is spiritual because he was a Catholic, but he uh, – he taught me the power of the mind, like the uh, the like the self hypnosis, because he could almost put himself in a trance, like he put himself in a trance with the strength and pain resistance, and he he taught me a lot of that, uh, like when he would rip me and everything, block, mm. how to block out the pain, how to how to divert it, you know, not like it's not like people think where you're you're going to be impervious to it, but you're you're transitioning it away, almost like putting it at a distance, and he helped me with that. But we never put a spiritual mm-hmm. bent, bent on that. Maybe mm-hmm. it was, but he would never have said that because, oh my goodness, you know, when you you're a strict do. Catholic, yeah. you you can't start, you can't you can't do that. All right, right, right. You know, but uh, and I was an altar boy and shit, so I mean, that's a, no, that was yeah. a no no. But yeah. it's really how it was, you know, learning to block out the pain, learning how to breathe, which he never said it, but it was pretty much like that's taken from yoga the breathing right. or the uh you know uh indo-chinese you know the india breathing deep so yeah but never put a label on it you know it was just do this and um I that's think really that, interesting i think that uh you know a lot of times when people do put labels on it then what ends up happening is then it turns into some kind of conflict Whereas at the end of the day, all the stuff that you're talking about, there's tons of scientific evidence out there, medical research and everything to back it all up. So it, it really, you know, the people that get offended by the term spirituality, like you mentioned, hardcore Catholics, if you tell them yeah. to meditate, they tell you going to hell and they're throwing holy water on you all day long. You know, and it has nothing to do with any kind of necessarily a spiritual thing. It just has yeah. to do with you being healthy, you know. Yeah. Um, and, um, but again, you know, it, it is what it is. People got to do what they got to do. But, um, but yeah, to find it, to swing all the way back to what you asked me, Joe, that's how I got started and all that. It was weightlifting and then just moving forward, you know? So, so obviously you mentioned that you, and Bruce, Bruce Lee in the article that, you know, that's the, the name you mentioned, but I can imagine back like in the eighties, there wasn't much of a Jeet Kune Do scene here in the Midwest, even it's really like a California thing. So what did you do? Well, I didn't, I didn't, I, I heard about Bruce Lee and then I went to, I'm not going to mention the styles, but I went to a couple schools in the area. They weren't Jeet Kune Do schools. Um, I just really wasn't impressed with, you know, I was already pretty strong because I was lifting and I was still young. You know, I was in my, um, I think I started, I was 18 or 19, if I don't remember right, when I really started, you know, looking. And I, you know, they would do some type of somebody grabs you by the back here and then they you somehow spin out of it and all this. And the guy just couldn't hold me. So I was just, I didn't have any, any thought process on the arts. I just didn't like it. Um, never thought about going to a boxing ring at the time or a boxing gym. Never even heard of one. There wasn't one in the area I was at. Wrestling was already kind of just here and gone because I was already starting to get out of high school. Um, but then I, when I went to a junior college, I met a guy named Dion Ricardo. And, uh, at that time I was the 
that was at my, I guess, pinnacle of lifting. I was wearing the, I don't, you may not remember, I'm sure Tony does, though, the T. Michael t-shirts, and I was all tanned up and all that stuff, <laughs> you know, you know, the pink, hot pink shirts and everything, tan, <laughs> tanning beds and all that, you know, and uh, he had come up to me and asked me if I lifted. I said, yeah, and um, I'll never forget how he just, we went to the gym over there at the, at the junior college, and I remember him telling me to take a swing at him. And I really didn't want to, but he had me do it. And at that time, I, you know, I had pretty big guns. And he actually just, he did something from Kali where they call it like a quote-unquote destruction. Where basically just punched my bicep. And um, I, my, my arm went dead for a couple seconds. It was really freaky. And then um, I was just talking to him about it. And I went to a class and I seen all the boxing and kickboxing. At that time, uh, the Muay Thai was going on and all that <laughs> stuff. And um, that's what sold me on it. Um, and still, lifting was not a thing. He kind of was got attached to me a little bit because he wanted more lifting experience. And um, and that's kind of how I got into it. And then I just got, and then it's, that's where, I think it was at the American Martial Arts Academy. That was in Berwyn at the time. That was my first introduction to JKD and Kali. I never heard of any of that, even Bruce Lee's art. Never really heard of the art itself anywhere in the area. I mean, Degaberg was not even a thought in my mind at the time. Um, and I, he was already established, I think, right around then. But it just never came up until right around then. That was around 89, I think, when all that happened. And then ever since then, I was sold. So, you know, I've had ups and downs like anybody else. But it's a way of life for me now, basically. Did you ever travel to train? Did you do did you make pilgrimage to the West Coast? Oh yeah, um, that's pretty much what I've been doing all these years. I I traveled to uh, California, trained with uh, uh, Eric Paulson, and uh, trained with Larry Hartzell. Um, I trained with uh, a lot with um, all of them, and then with Dan Grew Dan and Asano. Uh, worked with him a lot, and then uh, the past number of years, I've been going to Thai camps. Uh, Rajan Scheisser, Sutta Thai Boxing Association, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. We're out in Oregon, you're in the Forest Preserve there, and it's like four days of 12 hours a day of Muay Thai training. It's really cool. I haven't traveled out of the States, though. That hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah, I got to meet Larry through you, Larry Hartzell. Yep. What a great guy he was, man. Yeah, yeah, just that little bit of time, that was something. That was something that um, he really made an impact on a lot of people. You, you know, here in Chicago, uh, he stopped coming for a while, then he came around again, and just that little bit of time that you guys met, he talked about you constantly, I remember, <laughs> you know. I Yeah, it's a shame that I, you know, his health was already, you know, yeah. at the tail end, but he wanted me to do that knee bar video, and by the time I was ready to film it, he had already passed, and, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's... Um, you know, he, he, yeah, we were able to talk on an, on an equal level, like about things, just, you were there, you know, street yeah. fighting and whatever, you know, bouncing and yeah, just yeah. fighting, just, just techniques, but mm -hmm. would have been a lot more. We could have been, it oh, would have yeah. been nice to go even deeper with that. And, uh, and, uh, you know, but, um, you know, every so often you, you, people meet other people, you know, they come into your life for a reason and, uh, yeah. they, he was a real, he was one of the good ones, you know, just mm -hmm. a great man and had a lot of knowledge. It's a, it's a loss to the world. Yeah, it's been, he passed away 2007 and it just feels like yesterday, you know, he, and he was a guy who was big in the lifting, yeah. big time weightlifter. Yeah, he, he used to say, 
if when all else when all when everything else is equal, strength will prevail. That was his phrase. Ah, I, ah, I can't. I can agree with that. You know, yeah. um, but I mean, yeah, I, he uh, fifteen years already. It's uh, it's hard to believe it's been that long. Yeah, yeah, and he's still got an influence on people. I mean, he still has his, uh, you know, the following, and you know, people still talk about him. I mean, even I go I go to Minnesota a lot to train with uh, Rick Fay and uh, Greg Nelson. And um, they talk about him a lot too. Um, so he's just, you know, he was, he was, he trained with Bruce. He was one of Bruce Lee's students. He was the enforcer back then when somebody yeah. come in like, um, you know, like a karate school or something like that would come in, they would have these challenges. You know, nowadays you'd get sued if you do any of that. But, you know, back then you'd have a challenge and Larry, uh, see for Larry was the enforcer. He's the guy that would be called uh, to take care of it. And I, I remember Dan telling a story about um, when he was at, at, they were still training under Ed Parker and they had a challenge that came in and somebody came in, whoever it was, and Larry got in a fight with the guy and basically Larry just, Larry just threw him through the wall. I mean, the whole the wall just went right through and then Ed Parker came in and he was complaining, yelling, who threw, who did this, blah, 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 blah. And see Larry raised his hand, told him what happened. He just gave him a thumbs up and a wink and good job. <laughs> You know, so, you know, but nowadays you get sued for that. There's no way you could do anything like that. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there could be other complications, too. I've had my share of incidents in the past. Yeah. And yeah. You can't. Yeah. You, you're looking at lawsuits or you're looking at, you know, somebody pulling a pulling a piece out on you, you know, and yeah, and, yeah it's, it's bullshit, you know, but <laughs> it's way. But uh, no. I've met like musicians too that were like really great, uh, like that, you know, friendly, um, willing to talk to you. Uh, and, uh, I, we had, we were talking about the world's greatest jazz organist, man, Joey DeFrancesco, who's a couple of years younger than me. He just recently died. Um, and he, we had dinner and at, at the time at my fiance's uh, restaurant, uh, that she worked at and everything. And, uh, I mean, he was like, "Hey, you let's record. You you got your drums? You got your accordion?" I'm like, "Whoa, I don't. Yeah, no, we're not yeah. gonna record. I'm not gonna record with you. I don't have even set of drums at the time. They yeah, were yeah. they were yeah. stored. But that's the type of guy he was, man. He just looked. I mean, here's the guy who was the best in the world at playing jazz organ, and he didn't act like it. He just, you know, just was one of the guys. I loved it." Yeah, and you bring it, that's kind of like how Seafood Larry was. You just really didn't know. Yeah, I mean, you knew, but you didn't know. There was no boisterous, there was a lot of humbleness to him, you know, and um, which is cool. And, and nowadays, a lot of it's a business, so everybody's wearing T-shirts and, and things like that. You know, I mean, they're promoting their gym and stuff. So, you know, there's a little bit of um, commercialization that's happened there. Um, but it still doesn't mean guys aren't, you know, true blue, you know, live in the martial art you know, uh, dream. I know one guy, I won't mention his name, um, but he's uh, very, he's, he can be very arrogant, very cocky, but he, at the end of each seminar that he does, um, he cleans the toilets of the school that he was hosting at. And people get mad at him for doing that. He goes, this keeps me humble. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah, whatever. It makes him happy. You know, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, at least he's realizing something you know um because i th i think being what, what's i think what's interesting about anything when it comes to competition 
whether it's martial arts, you know, wrestling, football, whatever it is, we are always every day there's a challenge. It's a challenge to get up. It's a challenge to, you know, go to work every day. It's a challenge to get on social media. It's a, you know, we always face something every single day. And I think that sports and any kind of martial art, and when I say martial art, I mean everything, whether it's boxing, whatever, teaches you how to deal with the challenges of life and helps you keep going to keep fighting. Like Arjun Chai says, keep going, sir. You just got to keep moving forward. Or like Stallone's always saying, keep punching, you know? And I, I think you learn that from the arts. I, in my opinion, the world would be so peaceful if every single person took martial arts. That's my opinion. But who am I? I'm just being... Oh, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying that for years. But yeah, I just, I think, you know, I think everybody, they, they'd learn... I mean, like even with kids, you know, they get in, uh, they start doing a little bit of martial arts. And I remember somebody saying what's good with the kids doing when they get a little sparring in, a little contact, they feel they get a certain respect because they got hit. So they're not as apt to go in and cause an altercation. I don't know how true that is. That kind of makes sense. You know, they maybe get afraid to get hit, but you don't want that necessarily you like what you mentioned about turning the pain off or pushing it a little bit further back down. Yeah. You know, um, there's probably two different ways of looking at that one, but, but yeah, um, I travel, I still do a lot of traveling. I just came back from, uh, I was in Oregon, California, and Minnesota. I did a trifecta there. And then when I got back, I got COVID. So oh. <laughs> I made COVID through the, the worst part of it. And then I got it this year in August, but uh, at least I accomplished everything else. But yeah, Joe, that's pretty much, uh, I travel all the time. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what's, what's it like at the Inasano Academy? I mean, if you've been there for, it sounds like on and off for decades, like, I guess I have multiple questions about that. Like, you know, what's it like training with uh, uh, Dan Inasanto? And then have you seen the Academy change over the years? Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't even like say I train with him. I train under him. He's my Sifu, so to speak. You know what I mean? Just out of ultimate, anything you say about Guru Dan diminishes who he is because there's just, he's just the, the man in martial arts. But the academy is just, it's just cool walking in there because you never know who's going to show up. There's going to be some stunt people walking through there. Um, there's pictures up all over the place of, of anybody and anybody who's done any training there, like him and Burt Reynolds. And there's pictures of him there, just for an example. Um, I remember a number of years ago, um, the movie Denzel did, and I can't think of the name of it offhand. Um, but there was a lot of knife fighting going on in that movie. And I guess he was upstairs where we I was at an instructor camp there and he was upstairs doing stunt work. I just missed him. <laughs> so oh. those are the cool little things that you run into, but it's, there's a different vibe that's there. Cause you're right by Venice beach. It's right down the street from Venice beach. So you can go there and then, and then, which is really weird because I've never done this and I should have done it. And before all these guys pass away, but I still have not gone to the Mecca of bodybuilding gold's gym, which is literally right down the street from the academy. And I should go there, especially since I was such, so into lifting and I know all the old school names like Dave Draper who passed away. Oh, he did. Um, yeah. He passed away. Yeah. Last year, the year before. Yeah. He was good friends with Sifu Larry, by the way. Yeah, but he was up there in age too. You know, he's late seventies. Um, uh, Frank Zane's still around. He floats around there. Franco Colombo passed away. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, um, 
but being in California at the Academy, Joe, is really, uh, it's just an experience. It's just, there's a different vibe there. You know you're at the center of something. You know, it could just be me, but as far as changing goes, eh, I don't know. It just seems to get it's just cool every time I go in there. It's um, you know, he always has a different. Pre he has the president of the United States up on the wall, uh, right next to General MacArthur. You know, because General MacArthur was credited for saving the Philippines. Um, mm. So that changes a lot. The, you know, we I've seen it go from uh, Obama to yeah, President Obama, Trump, and then uh, now Biden. So we'll see what the next one brings. <laughs> Always <laughs> something, um, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting because I, like I said, I, I know of it, but I don't know any specifics because I, I know I just from reading that during the seventies or eighties, like maybe it changed locations or something. But I guess it's been pretty stable now for a while. Or there was, I guess, a change. I wasn't uh, involved back then when they moved the academy from. I wasn't at the old. I never went to the old academy. Um, that was like in the heyday of. Uh, with Paulson and those other guys when they were just doing shooto was coming in the 90s and, and all of that stuff. I wasn't there then. I didn't actually actually I, that was one of the things I blessed with Sifu Larry because he got me into the instructor program when he passed right before he passed away um, uh, under Guru Dan's uh, in his uh, instructor program and that was in, when he passed away 2007 and then that's when I first started going because I got my wings so to speak to go to these instructor camps that's when i started going so it's been quite a while but as far as the academy itself not too much i mean people come and go you know but dedication is dedication so yeah i wonder if it's gonna with you know obviously dan and asano's getting up there in age i wonder who's taking the mantle when he passes away if that's going to keep going without him without his personality yeah, I have no clue on that one. That's something that nobody has ever talked about, nor probably wants to even think about. You know, it's like anything else. You know, somebody just somebody passing away is just that you idolize is kind of kind of rough to think about. You know, the same thing with Arjun Chai Sarasut. I mean, he's getting up there. Um, he's not as old as Gurdan, but you know, he's up there too, and he's the guy who's credited for bringing Thai boxing to the states. You know, um, it's kind of interesting when talking like with. Uh, the old catch wrestling styles and Valley Tudo and then with, um, you know, the advent of UFC and all that. It's kind of interesting how it's all, it's kind of crystallized into like is, is boxing, Muay Thai, BJJ and wrestling. And it's just interesting how they, those are the arts. And now everybody is like little by little, they're training a little bit on the side, some of the more, uh, dare I say, eclectic or arts just to try to get an edge on something, you know, because um, everybody's now, it seems like it's a war of attrition, you know, when these fighters get in there, um, you know, they're all in great shape. They all got great skill. And then it just turns into who, who's got more will, who wants it more, I guess. And I think that that's what, like in boxing, who wants it more is going to win the fight most likely, but there's no spiritual side to that. It's just that raw determination Whereas maybe some of the Asian arts will put that towards some sort of meditation to strengthen that, et cetera. And I think that's where the blending of that comes into play. But to swing back to that part. But I, I to answer your question on that, Joe, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> that's going to be a very sad day in the martial art world. Yeah, he's uh, – well, I never met him, but he's uh, 
arguably the biggest name. I mean, historically in America, I mean, living, still living. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, for martial artists, I would say so. At least, he, yeah, for, martial arts, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. As far as yeah, famous and all that, he's just he's the guy. I mean, he everybody goes to the academy if you know when they want to, you know, try to be somebody, <laughs> or they go to California to try to be somebody at martial arts. It's like you go to the Guru Dance, you know, go to the Inasano Academy and then they try something. And, you know, and that's not surprising because like in the acting world, it used to be, and I mean, to a degree, it still is, go to New York. If you want to get on the stage yeah. uh, or something like that, Broadway, or go to California if you want to be in the movies. Uh, so, and it's same with music, you know, um, depending on what style you want to play is where you want to go. Making it New York was always the thing. Yeah. Um, so, you you know, there's, there's always been, you know, the place to go. And yeah, when I was, I think I talked with Eric about this, Eric Paulson, I think it was him. When I was a kid in Cleveland, reading the magazines, it was all in the seventies. This is always the rivalry, but the New York martial artists and the California guys. Okay. And that was like, yeah, the California guys maybe win in tournaments, but New York guys will kick their ass in a street fight. That was the, that was the yeah, thing that they, yeah. the rivalry, they would always talk like that, throw down challenges. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was kind of interesting. And I, I have a very com- complicated relationship, I guess, with martial arts in general, because, and I'm not the only one, because growing up boxing and wrestling, we were specifically told, you aren't martial artists. Okay. This yeah. isn't martial arts my whole life. And then, you know, We've talked about this before, like you just mentioned, how it's an integral part of MMA now, mixed martial arts, and part of the mixture is boxing, wrestling, what have you. And so it was always, you know, we were never uh, part of that culture. We were never part of the, uh, we were never accepted. And, and, you know, even in in my subdivision of, of what I do, my style of catch wrestling, you know, I had a I had to, you know, verbally get into it with the uh, with the BJJ crowd because they didn't get you know, understand that mm-hmm. there's more submissions than just Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I've always been on the outside, never like welcomed with open arms. And um, you know, I could tell you from the guys that I've trained, and I'm only speaking for the guys that I've trained, they still haven't absorbed boxing fully or wrestling. They want to take bits and pieces. Uh, as opposed to really getting a deeper, deeper appreciation for it, uh, which I think is sad because there's so many subtleties that you absolutely need to know. You just do to make you far more well-rounded or more effective. But since they don't dig deep enough, they're not aware of these subtleties. That's yeah, just know, the people with me. You know, and it, you bring up a good point. I think that could be the down, that kind of is a downside where a lot of people miss the point of checking other quote-unquote systems out because you're not giving yourself enough time to appreciate yeah you know what i mean and and like you're saying the subtleties there's those certain little things that are needed just even when you're throwing across are you really twisting enough are you really pressing you know using the ground pressing all the way through through your hips through your shoulders are you twisting? You know, you twist just this much more, you're going to connect with the guy. Those are the little things that a lot of people just don't see. They see the cross, they go to a seminar, they see a hook, they see a jab, blah, blah, whatever, just throwing those techniques out yeah. there. 
And I think I think that that's the downside to some of the Asian arts that people have seen because those nuances aren't being delved into enough here in the States. I, you know, if you go, if you get like in Thai boxing, that is an Asian art, but it's a very effective art. And they have, Arjun Chai Sarasut is extremely meticulous on form. You never do it right. It's like, you could always be better, you know, just your form, you know, being thrown the technique, so to speak, you know, and it's a very effective art, you know? Um, And I think that, but people get into it for some reason, it's, it's really one of the big, probably arguably the biggest Asian, well, Taekwondo is big too, though. I shouldn't say, say that, but Thai boxing and Taekwondo has been a very integral part in stand-up, you know, in MMA. Because Taekwondo, a lot of those guys are doing those uh, different kicks now. Um, but well, I, I went off on a tangent for a second. I'm sorry. No, but go ahead. I, I agree. And, you know, I think, in, in this is going to sound weird, but based on my life, I think the people nowadays are at a bigger disadvantage. And I'll tell you why. Give me a second to explain because I first started out in boxing. Well, I never heard of catch wrestling or wrestling or really any martial art at all. I never heard of Taekwondo. I did not know they existed. All I knew about was boxing for years. And then all of a sudden I meet Rodvan with the wrestling. All I knew about wrestling was it was fake on TV. And so I did not have these distractions. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. to me, like I said, only boxing existed. And then once the wrestling came in, now I can, I was, I learned enough boxing. Now I'm into the wrestling. This is awesome. Now you have all these different styles and things available. <clears throat> you can't focus on one thing. You know, everybody's there. It's just overload information, overload too much. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really, um, I was lucky. I really mean it. I feel I was very lucky that I didn't have this smorgasbord to pick from because I never would have excelled. Uh, I'd have probably been all right, but I never would have really gotten like as high as I, you know, I never would have reached my potential. if I just believe that. And that's why I think um, so many, like even when sometimes when I teach, when it's an open session, like, okay, what do you want to learn? So they want to cover a little bit of this, then a little bit of that. It's disjointed. Okay. Show yeah. me some boxing. Show me some wrestling. You know, this isn't the way to do this, okay? Um, you, you, if you want to learn boxing, you, you don't want to learn a little bit of it. You want to learn a lot. <laughs> Same with wrestling. You don't want to learn a little. Yeah. You want to learn a lot. So um, that's my take on it. I think also, too, it also depends on the, the intent of what you're doing it for. You know what I mean? If you're going into, like, you know, to me, at the end of the day, um, when I started doing all this, it was all about fighting. Yeah. And well, I'm not even talking about Ram. I'm talking about fighting in the street, bouncing yeah. and all the different things that we had discussions about this for years. Yeah, that's all um, I care about. Yeah. Um, but then you do have, you know, and that's one of the things I've always liked about being under Rick is because he believes the art is for everybody. The art, and that's the probably the key word there, the art is for everybody. There's people that are in wheelchairs that still swing around sticks and they're hitting the bag and all they're being active. You know, so there's a beauty in the art of what we do. Uh-huh. You know, um, the problem is some people will think that they're really good and they get, you know, the 
the air lats, as we used to say in the gym, and they end up getting schooled because they really don't know. They know the technique and they could do it really good. They're really beautiful the way they move everything, but they don't know how to apply it. Yeah. Um, and I've heard this say before, sparring is a privilege. It's not a right when you train. It's kind of an interesting point there because you could do all kinds, you could throw your jab and cross all day long, but if you don't get into the ring and get the gloves on, are you really doing boxing or are you really learning how to fight? You're not, you know? And I think that that's, you know, it goes by again, you know, what you're saying is like for you, it's you're okay. You're about the fighting. So it's like, you know, if you keep just grabbing bits and pieces of stuff, eh, you're not getting, you're missing the point and you're not getting good at anything. You right. Know, that's exactly that, how I, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I agree with that part I, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, when they talk about different styles being better than other styles and stuff like that, I think everybody forgets the undercurrent there. You know, there's guys I know, and I've mentioned it about you, Tony. Uh, I know it's a podcast about me, but I've mentioned about you. If people had asked me if there was somebody that I'd want to back me up in a back in a dark alley, you're the guy I always bring up. <laughs> wow. Okay. You're the guy. You know, you're not a shooto champion. You're not a, you know, you don't have belts hanging up all over the place, but you're the guy because there's a, there's an undercurrent. Now, I'm not saying that other instructors I have wouldn't be able to back me up. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there's an undercurrent of that some professional athletes don't have. And I think it's, there's intent. There's a thing that uh, the one Paul Winnick used to call killer instinct. I don't know if it's a good term nowadays, but if, if you know what I mean, there's that instinct that you have. You're like an alley cat. You know, if you're going to go, you go. You're not worrying about what happens later on. You're not worried about legal ramifications. You're, you're, if this guy makes you fight, you're fighting, and it's all out. You know, um, some people don't have that instinct to do that, you know, because they're confined in certain rules of the ring and, and stuff. So I think that um, if you don't have that, if you're just somebody who wants to be a casual martial artist and you just want to go in and on the weekend you want to just swing sticks around and just move and all that stuff every once in a while, hit the heavy bag, focus mitts, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. That's your right to do that. And you're still, you're still promoting the art, but that doesn't mean you're a fighter. That doesn't mean you could fight. It just yeah. means you know the technique. And maybe you could even be a good teacher. You know, because you got people that are teachers, you got pe people that are fighters, and then you got the combination of both, you know. Um, so I think what underscores a lot of this stuff is the personality of the person and the intention. You know, there's intent, there's rage involved. Maybe that's a better word for killer instinct. There's all kinds of things that are involved when you get into a fight. You know, how are you feeling at that time? Are you feeling, you can't be in the best shape of your life all the time, you know. Um, you can't be, you know, so you can't, guy one a boxing match yesterday and won the championship, that doesn't mean he's going to win it again the next time around if he ran into that guy and he's having an off day, you know? Um, so I think that the street fighting aspect that some of these arts don't give um, for whatever reasons, um, they sometimes give a false sense of security to people um and i think that's a disservice to the art and to people as a whole you know but at the same time i don't think there's anything wrong with somebody just saying hey man i just want to come in want to get a little workout in 
you know, move around. It's pretty cool. You do this, you do that. Yeah, I know 20 different ways to throw a jab. Okay, that's cool. But then if you go into the ring and you put the gear on, you get knocked out for a shot. It's kind of like, well, yeah. okay, you know, okay, you know, so you know 20 different ways to throw a jab. That's great. If that's all you want to do, that's cool. But remember, that's not going to help you in this situation. You're not at this level. You're over here. So I just think everybody's at that. You know, they have a right to choose what they want to do. They just have, they got to stay in their lane, to coin a phrase, you know. Yeah, right. Well, you know, and then there's just certain times that, you know, as an instructor, you know, if you're a history teacher, you're not going to be teaching math, you know. Um, <laughs> right. And, right. you know, uh, it's my duty, like, like what you, I, like you just said, I teach people to fight. Uh, self-defense and be the toughest in the world. That's my goal. That's my thing. So yeah. I don't want to waste your time teaching you stuff that is not going to get you to that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, and because there's plenty of other wonderful martial artists or just instructors out there that ha- will, will do that. That can, they, they'll, they'll show you that. Um, yeah, I'm more hardcore. You know that cause yeah. you've, yeah. you've, you've trained with me. So, you know, yeah. I'm mean and, Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, nothing's ever good enough for me. But right. um, but then you get guys like, you know, like Joe's older now when he's training and I don't kill him. I don't make make, make him drop. But I still he knows I'm always correcting him. Nope. You didn't do that good enough. You, nope, this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's just my way, man. I, I Like you, I don't want to give somebody a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no. I, and I think that, you know, as long as that's known ahead of time, and then you know the intention of somebody when they're coming to you and they want to learn something. You know, somebody, you know, the old adage of back back in the day, because I don't know if Bruce Lee's a thing really anymore. A lot of these kids don't even know who he is or really even care. Um, but, you know, they seen Under the Dragon. I used to hear that all the time. They want to try something, you know. And so, you know, they, they jump in. Now it's UFC. You know, people see the UFC. It's on every – there's a fight going on every single day somewhere on cable. And, um, you know, they look at it and they want to try it out. And some people, they try it out and they do okay. Some people, they don't want to do it. They'd rather go and, you know, just play tennis or something, you know. And that's cool, too. Nothing wrong with it. Um, I just think that at the end of the day, the people need to be respectful. And, again, to coin the phrase, stay in their lane, you know, and not have have the the attitude. I, I think one of the biggest things I've noticed in all these years is that people tend to um, they're always trying to find something wrong with somebody else, you know, uh, worry about yourself. You know, there's, you, there's enough in for me that I know myself to fix. I don't have time to worry about anybody else. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and if you could be myself, I think for me to be as a, as a teacher and instructor, or whatever, my best example is to keep pushing is to be the best I can be. And then if I can do that, then I'm the example to share that with somebody who wants to learn. Um, you know, I try not to, when somebody, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? Oh, he's great. And maybe even in the back of my mind, I'm not thinking, ah, they got this attitude, they got this, but I don't say that because what, what, what purpose is that? You know, somebody else may get along with the person, you know, I may not, or they may not get along with me, but they'll, they'll get along with somebody else, you know? So why, waste the energy, you know, th- hurling insults back and forth and like the, the internet trolls, which I know you've had your share of those, Tony, remember those uh, days, you know, um, it's like a big waste of time. I mean, I don't even, when I post something on Facebook or 
whatever, if there is even one hint of a negative comment, I don't even, I don't say anything. I just delete it. I just block the person and I'm done. I don't go on Facebook. I don't even have it. You know, Joe takes care of that. Yeah, I haven't been yeah. online like that in, in 50, 20 years, maybe 15 yeah, yeah. years. Easy. But no, uh, you know, the thing, the thing with me with uh, you got to know, and this is almost like, what's his name? Clint Eastwood, but you do have to know your limitations too. So that's why I know what I'm capable of doing, or at least I think, you know, I'm pretty sure I know what I can do. Uh, and there are just certain things that I'm not going to enter into that. Okay. I'm yeah. not going to fight that way because that's not my, that's not the way, that's not my style. Okay. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to let you lure me into your style either, because I see that happening a lot. I see people getting taken out of their, their game. Um, yeah, that can never happen. You, you've got to be in control. You've got to dominate. But yeah. let's, I know Joe's sitting there because he, he's got a lot of questions. So, right. Joe, go at it, man. Go ahead, Joe. Let's talk about, like, where do you teach? Do you have a school? Yeah, I'm teaching out of, uh, in Bloomingdale right now out of Concreto BJJ. I'm renting a spot out by him right now. What's the name? Comprito BJJ. It's in oh, Bloomingdale, oh. Stratford Square Mall. Oh, well, I know where that's at, but I, I mean, I know where Stratford Square Mall is. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a school there, and uh, I met him uh, when I was at a gym called Flow. Uh, I was boxing there with uh, my boxing coach, Asher, and uh, Comprito was the jiu-jitsu guy there. They were partners. They split, and uh, Comprito went and opened up his own place, so I ended up going there to teach. So I've been there for a while. He coached um, with Eric Paulson and Greg Nelson, Brock Lesnar, and they were, he was in the UFC. Back. That's how they all kind oh, of wow. everybody. Yeah, everybody kind of connected through that. That's where I'm at now. Are you teaching uh, most weeknights, or what's your schedule? Um, I'm teaching Tuesdays and Thursdays now in the evenings. I'm starting to push a little bit more. You know, there's a lot of Zoom stuff that happened over – you know, during COVID. And um, I think it, it's, it's, it's a nice supplemental way to, to work with people. Um, but right now, as far as live interaction goes, it's Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then Saturdays. Well, and is it like a, a mix of uh, like striking arts and Kali? What else do you work in? You mentioned, um, you know, Eric Paulson, do you get into some of the, you know, combat submission wrestling? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a coach under Eric. So um so I've been working a lot with that actually lately with uh, a couple of the guys that really are interested in that part of the art itself, you know, um, but we do, we, have, we start out with, with the ground and then we go into the striking and then we may finish off with a little bit of weapon work uh, depending on right now, things are a little loose because COVID really hit us hard. I mean, we had 35 students at one point and then, Little by little, it just kind of faded away. So now we're like a boys' club again, and we're trying to rebuild. But that's, that's pretty much. Yeah, it is. It is. It happens. I mean, it is what it is. Can't change it. So we just got to. I mean, I can't get it back. You know, you can't go back in time and get rid of COVID. You know. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing right now. Muay Thai and uh, ground is uh, our biggest thing right now that we're focusing on. It sounds like a really good thing for people to get a, a well-rounded uh, experience. So that, well, I, I do think that one of the things I think that that's one of my strengths is at least I could expose people to stuff. I'm not somebody that can get somebody. I, I don't focus on this. I guess if I wanted to, I could, but I'm not somebody that's going to coach somebody to go into the UFC or to go into a tie fight or a boxing match. It's just not 
something that I've ever focused on. And it's not necessarily something I necessarily want to do, but I could at least expose you to the art and how cool it is and what it is and what it entails. I'll give you a good workout. You should be able to protect yourself at the very least. And then if you're really interested in getting involved in something more hardcore, well, I know people I could just guide you to, you know, a Muay Thai coach or a boxing coach in the area. Great. Well, I mean, you answered a lot of my questions and I think I have a really good feel for what you do and I'm really happy to have met you. I think we actually have a friend in common, uh, Ron Almaria. Does he train with? Ron's one of my students. Yeah. 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 He's been out to train with Tony and I've been friends. He's a really good guy. So hopefully he's he's, uh, listening. Yeah. He's, um, he's the guy who gave me the shirt, by the way. (laughs) Okay. That's how. I was training with you, Tony. You never had shirts. You were so hard car. You didn't even have T-shirts back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't seen Ron since before, like four years now, maybe. Yeah, his parents aren't doing too well. Um, his dad just had surgery; had some lung part of his lung removed. Oh, I'm he, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um. So, and then you know everything else that goes on. Uh, you know, uh, life gets involved and everything else. But he's still training and doing his thing. Yeah, and doing. Well, his tell time. him hello. Oh, for sure, definitely, for sure. But you, you know, COVID itself, not even the disease. It's just the. When everything shut down, people started to realize, hey, I don't need this or that or this or that. And I know this from people in other walks of life, uh, not necessarily even martial arts, um, just even exercising. They found other ways and they're like, wow, okay, there's so much more that I can do in life. And, And that affected a lot of people. Some of them just never went back to their previous hobbies, um, you know, whatever they were, like shooting pool or, you know, because all of that was shut down, everything. So, um, you know, so it's not, you you can't even take it personal. But with me, I had the double whammy, not just COVID, but I've been taking, I was taking care of my mom for, you know, seven, well, well, like eight years, really, but we really Mm -hmm. got bad the last six to seven years. And then, of course, when Kevin, my partner, got killed and I lost the gym, that, that ended my business. I mean, that was it. Um, I never was able to rebound because I couldn't teach because I couldn't leave the house with my mom. So, yeah. um, and now it's hopeless. I'll never, uh, it's, it's hopeless. So, uh, I, I know that it's all over, you know, you know, we're going to make an announcement about that coming up beginning of the year, but it's, it's pretty much dead. So unfortunately, but it's not my fault. Um, so don't you take it personal when you say you're down to a boys club, I hope you can get it built back up, you know, just, mm-hmm. Don't take it personal because people just tend to drift. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, and who knows, you know, a lot of it has to do with like when you're talking about your mom, because like with me, when right before COVID hit the month before my mom passed away, yeah, she had, and nobody even knew she didn't even know she had stage four cancer every every single month for pap smears and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, it's like, where does this come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then she went for the chemo, and then the next day, the, then she got sick. They had a mastic, I forgot the word, a mastocyte, whatever, got an infection, boom, she was gone. Um, and then COVID hit a month later, you know. Um, so there's a lot of things. So I think a lot of stuff, like what you're talking about, Tony, you know, you're going through with, your, with uh, having to take care of your mom and stuff like that. I think our focus is, and, and again, for lack of a better word, our energy kind of gets different. You know what I mean? And we don't get that same magnetism necessarily to keep the students or to attract them either. I don't know. It's just a guess. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a, it's with mine's is always is more complicated, but 
Yeah, yeah, no, you have to step up with the responsibilities, you know. Uh, right, right, for sure. I, I kept the show going even during all of it as best I could. But, you know, mm-hmm. some of it, it falls on the students. Hey, all right, I, I want to train no matter what. Well, that's great. Then come train. But when, mm-hmm. when they walk away, there's nothing. You can't do anything. You can't kidnap them, you know. No, right, right, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, and, that's, and again, usually the first thing when things go bad, they, they cut out the gym. Yeah, exactly. Right. Financially, you know, they cut out the gym, then comes cable and then comes, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's the first thing. And and they don't look at it, which I find kind of interesting because if you're so worried about your health and stresses and things like that, you need to be in a gym. You need to release all that, you know. Um, the only thing like with COVID, though, what kind of helped me, I, I noticed about there's different workouts all of a sudden started coming along, you know. I was never into, um, and I don't think you were either, like the TRX stuff. Yeah, know? no, it's not yeah, yeah, but I started doing that during COVID, and then through my rehab, that's all I've been. That's all I did was Good. TRX stuff. You know, and it and it helps the tendons, I guess, and all that other stuff. But you know, it still doesn't help me lift. You know, four hundred five. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean. Know, everybody's got their own thing you know yeah it's it's it, there's enough out there for everybody and that's yeah i mean this world's a big place there's eight billion people now we just crossed the 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 threshold last week so uh-huh. uh there's plenty to go around so that's another reason why i don't know how people can get blacklisted or like oh don't go to this guy there's plenty there's plenty to go around um but no i mean it's just uh i i really do wish you the best joe you got anything to add here or? No, no, it's, just, it's good to finally uh, get to meet you and touch bases. You know, I, you've been a good supporter. I've seen you online uh, and I, it's appreciated all your supporting of us and yeah. spreading the word, um, you know, so uh, happy to hopefully we can uh, give your school some publicity. Um, yeah, put all right. this information on the thing. Yeah, that'd be great. YouTube thing. But yeah, Thank we'll God. have to hook up sometime after the holidays. I was just going to say that. Where are you at now? Where are you living at? Way up in McHenry County, man. I'm on. I'm right near the Wisconsin border. I, it's, oh, that's cool. I go no, 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 no. I'm a city guy. <laughs> what? No. I'm well, a I'm city just, guy. No, it's not cool. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, I, I go up there periodically. So, I, I mean, I can come visit you or if you want to come out. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're up this way, let me know. You know, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen you. I'll get a hold of Augie or whatever, but I definitely want to see it. And then I'm, I got Eric coming out, I think, in March. So, if you want to meet him face to face. That'd be cool too if you want. You know? Yeah, just yeah, keep me in the loop because I never know what's going to happen in my life. So yeah, for right, sure, right. I'd lo- I'd like to come down and at least mm-hmm. meet them or meet you know. Well, let's see you first, you know. Well, yeah, for sure. Anytime, yeah. yeah. We could, um, yeah, whenever. Just let me know. I got Joe's. I don't know if you got my number. Joe's got it for sure. I think he can give it to you, and then uh, we could at least communicate, you know, through texting right. and phone calls and stuff, and just just shoot the bull like we used to, you know. I miss talking to you. Yeah, those were the days, man. That was were good t- good times, you know. Well, I've tried to keep yep. you know keep in shape as best I can, keep my weight down. I'm never going to be one of these. I, well, I shouldn't say never, but yeah. I don't want to be one of these guys that you know they let themselves go. You know, I I can't do that. You know, Rod Van was lift was doing strongman shows when he was seventy. Uh, uh-huh. Ez and I worked out. Luthez and I worked out lifting weights uh, less than a year before he passed away. These these are you know this is a lifestyle with me. Okay. And, yeah. and it was with him for so many martial artists that I've met or known, 
like Bill Wallace is another one. He's he's in phenomenal condition, and he'll always be that way. You yeah. know, uh, it's a lifestyle. It's this is all we know. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and so that's you know I may not be you know super strong like I used to, but you know I don't get to the gym. You know, I again I'm I'm in an area there are no gyms. I got to go to Planet Fitness, which forget about it. You know, um, you can't get, to, you just can't get the workout in that I'm used to, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, um, but I don't even care about that. I keep, I just want to keep my speed going and you know, all mm-hmm. of that. But so everybody should be able to do that. Um, you know, as long as you're physically capable, but we'll talk more about that when I meet, see you again. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. But anyway, but everybody, before we sign off, just want to thank Marcus again for being here. Marcus Charles, JKD expert. Um, and check out his school for real. Uh, and we'll put all the information down there. And uh, Great. yeah, I think that's about it. Next week, we don't know who our guest may be. Even if we don't have one, we're going to have a, we're going to have a good uh, discussion, I think, uh, next week. I got a topic in mind. But cool. Joe, you got any closing thoughts? No, just uh, make your way out to the seminar. Don't forget the 17th and 18th is coming up and uh, don't miss the DVD or the video sale thing. Yeah. So all that'll be in the, in the links below and YouTube and up on Tony's social media. So uh, thanks for your support and thanks for everybody. And thank you again, Marcus. We'll see everybody soon. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye everybody. Tony, for sure. We got to connect. Okay. We got to get together. Yeah. Oh no. Done deal. Just we'll, we'll figure this out. Great. Awesome. All right. See you later then. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.